We have captions now, Jeff. That's captions. really classy. That's right. What's up, y'all? Welcome to KBN Live with the captions. Rolling with the captions. With the captions. Yeah, I'm Jeff Malotman. I'm a partner Ryan Lambert up there. Uh, welcome back to the beach, Ryan. Back to work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Hope everybody's doing all right tonight. And we are excited to welcome Adam Reiser for the first time to KBN Live. Thanks for jumping on here with us, Adam. Yeah, what's up, y'all? Happy to be here. Yeah, man. You sound real excited. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I not? Painful That's right. Why would you not be? So if you guys are just jumping on here with us, uh, leave a comment so we know where you're watching from. It helps out and give this a share to your local group or to your own page if you feel so inclined. If not, that's okay too. Uh, but yeah, Adam, thanks for thanks for jumping on here with us, man. You're just coming off the, the runner-up at Kentucky Lake. Uh, we wanted to have you on here right after that happened, um, just because, as Ryan talked about last week, it was a tough tough tournament for some, and some of you guys really figured it out. So we just want yeah. to pick your brain a little bit and kind of figure out how you solve the puzzle at Kentucky Lake. Uh, not that that's an uncommon thing for you, because your name pops up on the leaderboards all the time in different different parts of the country. So. We're ready to go. Kind of dig into yeah. what happened there. Yeah, um, it really it was one of those rare tournaments where uh, I kind of knew how it was going to go. I knew how it was going to fish. Uh, some of the guys that caught them, I was not surprised at all that they caught them. Um, I knew where a good bit of uh, the at least the guys that made their money in that tournament, I, I knew where a lot of them were fishing. And you're correct. I, I got more history on that impoundment of the Tennessee River than uh, any other place. Um, but uh, as you as you heard, it fished small. That, that Kentucky Lake tournament fished small. Um, I told some others that was that was my third weekend in a row fishing a tournament there. I'd done a, a West Tennessee Club tournament there uh, the week prior. Um, got second place in that one. That was one where Josh Stewart's mom won, uh, which is really cool. And then the week before that. I uh, fished with my local club, and I blanked in that one. Um, so I thought the fishing was getting better the closer we got to the Hobie event. And uh, during practice during that event, shaking off fish, um, I was feeling pretty positive about how things were going. Uh, uh, and I liked how, how it set up, man. I knew this time of year, it's one of those time of years where there's there's a small group of fish. You kind of know where they go in the migration if you fish there enough. And uh like you're hearing from other people the vast majority of that lake and, and barkley too it's fishing really tough it really is uh so i knew that most people were going to struggle I, I knew that someone stood a chance of doing well out on the ledges um but a couple quick reports in practice and kind of knowing what that current was or wasn't doing out there kind of told me that i didn't have to be too worried about it you always think that someone stands a chance to lighten them up out there but i, I was committed shallow um, and that was my approach going into it. That sounds like Did a you say Josh thing. Stewart's mom won that tournament? You heard me correct, dude. She, okay. We, there was 23 of us, and she, I think she won by a good bit, too. Um, yeah, she won the tournament. Patty That's Stewart. Awesome. Shout out to Patty Stewart for That's going awesome. out there. I, I there's thought there's you plenty said of good anglers like, in there. Maybe I just I completely overlooked that statement altogether. <laughs> nah, dude. Nah, man. She went out there and showed us what's up. So I, I thought that was extra cool, and she was excited too. So uh, if I had to give that one up, I lost that tournament that day. I lost. It, it was easily over eight pounds. It was a, a giant, giant fish. It would have been my biggest Kentucky Lake bass and. Uh, I was like, but I was still catching them pretty good, and I was like, man, I, I may have a chance at this one. And then I get to I get to uh, 
we just do it. That wasn't attorney X one. We just hand over the phones, yeah. old school style. And I asked him, I was like, yeah, is, is anyone got bigger than, you know, my three fish here? And so far they said no. And then sure enough, Patty Stewart walks in there and says, uh-uh, I got this. Did jo- was Josh fishing it as well? He was over in East Tennessee fishing that uh, that KBF ah. tournament out there. Oh yeah, yeah I was worried. Yeah, I didn't know if I didn't know where Josh was either. So when I walked into that tournament at the check-in, I was like, "Is Josh fishing this?" Because I knew if he was, he stood a good chance of putting up some. He good turned fish over the reins to Mama. Said, "Keep an eye on That's these right. fish. I'll be That's right." right. She, That's did right. Did she teach him to fish? Do we know the answer to that? I'm not equipped to answer that. <laughs> I know that she she I'm likes fishing, and if, if, if you. If you go and look at some of the, the monthlies just this year alone where she has fished, she's put up big ones and finished strong in those. Like it's this is not I don't think it's anything new. I think I think huh. they've been fishing out that way for a while. So yeah, I wasn't surprised. That's awesome. Interesting. Yeah, man. So let's let's talk about kind of go through the tournament from pre fishing all the way through. Uh, did you get out there? I know you sure. said you had a tournament the week before. Did you get out there early to pre fish and how'd that go? Uh, yeah, at that tournament the week before, I kind of stumbled on a pattern and the fish I was looking for, I kind of found where they were hanging out and what mood they were in. And uh, I've got enough time at Kentucky Lake where you, I can get a certain bite and go, okay, these fish are in that mood during this stage. And I was getting a few of those clues. Uh, so I knew I didn't want to catch fish during my practice for Hobie. Um, I, I was basically, I checked out three different areas. Uh, one of their, I ran into Josh Stewart the first day of practice at a gas station. And I told him, I was like, dude, I'm probably going to fish this area, this area, and this area is my, my practice. And I was like, let me know if you hear about anyone in there too, that I should be worried about. And he's like, yeah, you need to talk to so-and-so. They're going to be in there too. in one of those places. So I was like, all right, so, you know, I know, I know I was going to have a little bit of uh, competition in there. And, um, uh, got on the phone with some of those anglers and, found out that they had already kind of, uh, I only practiced Thursday and Friday, but found out some other guys had already uh, found some stuff in other areas. And we just had good communication and kind of uh, talked out where, where we might check out and lay off. So uh, looked at some fish on Thursday, uh, shook off a handful of fish. Uh, I think I checked out two areas that day. On Friday, I hooked into a fish that I didn't mean to catch, and it was 22 inches. And so I knew, I was like, all right, there's some good ones in here. Um, but I didn't mean to catch that fish. Uh, Did you apologize to the fish? <laughs> they, it, that, that fish was 22 inches, barely four pounds. Super really? scrawny. Yeah, really thin fish. Uh, she must have just uh, came off of bed not too long ago. But um, So it was a pretty boring practice. Um, I kind of already knew the general areas where I was going to fish and, and how I was going to fish them. And uh, there, there wasn't much puzzle solving. It was just kind of more come up with my milk run for uh, Saturday and Sunday was the biggest thing. I knew that where I started was going to be important and where I chose to pack up and relaunch was going to be important in what order that I had to do that. Uh, I, I, that's where I really put uh, my, my stress on. Um, and again, it came down to talking to a few guys back, all right, where are you wanting to start? So I don't start where you're going and vice versa and uh, kind of figure that out. And bust, uh, Saturday and Sunday, I started in the same spot that I, I figured it was a big fish spot, not so much a number spot, but I knew that if I was going to hook into one, they were going to be the right one. So I'm hoping to get a kicker or two. Um, Saturday, got two 12-inch fish on top water, nothing else. Packed up, went to my other spot, got all my limit there, called out those 12-inchers there. 
Sunday, uh, same thing. No fish on the first spot. Left that spot even earlier. Went to uh, the other area, which even on Saturday, I was able to expand on even more and leave fish there. You know, being able to manage fish in a tournament, especially one that's as tough as that one, that's, that's a good position to be in. Um, and that man, those fish were there on Sunday and they're, uh, I just picked them apart even more. And I've told some people I had an Island that had a ditch, a trough running around it. And it'd take me about an hour to slowly fish my way around the, the entirety of the Island. And every time I'd come back to each piece of wood or whatever it was, there was fish were relating to, there would be new fish on them. Um, it, it was just one of those kind of magical areas that, uh, that they were filing in there. They were loading up as the day was going on so i just i I lucked out and picked the area that had good ones in there and and, uh even things have to go right i fish clean that some of those fish that would uh come unhooked came unhooked but went in the net other days that doesn't happen that way so a couple lucky catches uh adding on to the fact that those fish were coming in there it just worked out so you had planned to ramp hop like that was in your that was in your in your ballpark there from the beginning. That wasn't like a spur of the moment kind of decision. Yeah, I, I knew some of these areas that had the potential to have winning fish that were getting fished by other anglers. That whether they were hooking into them during practice or they were going to get hit pretty hard. And we had you know we had some boat tournaments and some pressure from bass boat guys down there too. But uh, I had tried pretty much the same game plan previous years and didn't wasn't able to put my limit together out of one launch and so in case that happened and i just had a a feeling it was going to happen that way i knew i needed to give myself a a plan a b and c and the plan a just turned out to be garbage and plan b turned out to be way better than i thought it was going to be so uh yeah that that multi-launch thing was a big part of it going into this And, and you fish all these big tournaments on the road we see your name all over the place you know, you, you were in the Tournament of Champions last year. You stayed in the house with me and Steve-O and Terry Golden. I mean, there's kind of a core group of, like, the traveling Tennessee little sure. pack that you always kind of see in these big tournaments. How, how do you plan, you know, like planning for this bike, for instance? Do you look for multiple ramps to use during a day, or do you try to find one ramp but that has multiple areas? What's your preference? It just depends, you know. Um I have a Torquedo. It's out of commission at the moment because I had to uh, switch to a boat, a different boat, and I don't have the mount on there. But uh, if I can practice with a Torquedo, that lets me – my favorite thing about a Torquedo is I can eliminate water. It's not so much yeah. about using it game day as just going, nope, nope, nope. Oh, okay, here's something I like. Um, I, so it differs uh, lake by lake, tournament by tournament, whether I'm going to do a, a fish out of one launch versus – uh, do uh, multiple ones. The more I fish, the more I'm comfortable with the idea of sacrificing that time it takes to relaunch, you know, because um, it is a sacrifice. You're eating up time. You could be casting. So, uh, but there's times when it totally makes sense too. So the, the, the more I fish, the more tournaments I do, the more I'm okay with that idea of, of relaunching. And even during practice, I've learned from some buddies that, uh, you know, doing four to seven ramps a day, or even if you just drive to a ramp and just look at it for, you know, 20 minutes from the parking lot without even launching, there's a value value to that. Um, so, yeah, hopping around, uh, doing a lot of driving and not as much casting uh, uh, can be a good part of the plan, too. You know, there's a lot of pros to compare the two. There's a lot of pros that will lock two or three times and run 
half their day away trying to get to a spot yep. to only fish three or four hours. I guess that would be kayak's sure. version of the same thing, huh? Being able to load yeah, it absolutely, like that. absolutely. You know, you're just sacrificing for what you believe to be the good stuff, you know. Um, uh, and, and, and absolutely, it can, it can pay off. Uh, this was especially one where I didn't have to worry about. It was more about I just needed to fish clean and catch them. And uh, I, I knew that they were going to be in there as long as someone else didn't sneak in there and clean up before me. And I think I was that guy that snuck in uh, before a few other guys because after the tournament was done, I, I found out a few guys went went to go fish my spot and saw me over there and go, oh, he's you know he's already there and they left it alone and they didn't have to. Um, they 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 would have been well within the right to come over there and fish it and it was big enough to where you could technically share, but you probably still would have caught each other's fish a little bit. So. Uh, just courteous anglers uh, played a big part in that one. So what what did you fish out of in the tournament? What kind and of bonafide. So let, so let's let's get this for the whole audience to understand. You went up against 130 basically of the best anglers in the country. Had every fancy <laughs> fancy pedal boat that exists, and you paddled for that event. Is that right? Yeah, and there's a few of those areas that I can confidently say that if you didn't have a, a lightweight paddle boat like. You wouldn't have been able to slide over those couple inches of water into something else if your boat weighed too much, or if you didn't have any paddle at all. That I mean, I'm talking about, you know, spiking your paddle into the gravel and shuffling over it, you know, without stepping out the boat. But you know, there's sometimes there's there's a fish or two way back in some ponded off water that you got you got to go catch. And if it's a tough tournament, especially, you know, every bite, every catch can mean a lot. And in uh, my short and, and humble fishing career i've got a handful of the fish that have won me money by getting back where no one else gets yeah. and you know there's people out there that that are you know a lot of new folks that think that kayaks still relatively aren't expensive compared to buying a bass boat obviously but to an entry-level kayak angler they may feel intimidated or you know i have to go buy a three thousand dollar pedal boat to compete and obviously sure. that's not the case right you just proved it over that weekend or have you know the electronics or now i think uh the ford facing sonar the 360 sonar is for the guys that uh know what they're doing yeah you you're, you can use that to your advantage i think more so in the bass boat world right now than the kayak world but uh, to, to your point there's a lot to be said about just instinctual fishing um i know my first few years of fishing out of the kayak was without uh, any electronics at all ryan i think that you're a pretty big fan of Keeping it simple. I hate electronics. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of another example. Like some guys will practice or fish with headphones on or listen to music or if you're in a basketball, have the tunes. To me, I don't want that. Like I I want to be able, and I can, I can say I can hear a certain type of splash, and depending on what type of year it is, I can go, oh, that's just, you know, white bass splashing versus yep. a – so little clues like that, little nature clues that you, that you can get. I want all those, and I use those to uh, dictate my game plan and my bite. Just you know, what I see swimming in the water. I'm a huge advocate of uh, throwing the polarized glasses on and standing up in my kayak and just looking in, in clear water and uh, getting my clues that way. So uh, yeah, you can keep it simple. You don't need the bells and whistles and all that, and still be able to catch fish. And again, use the kayak thing to your advantage. You know, um, you don't think, man, I wish I was in a boat or how much can I make this kayak like a bass boat? Use your kayak to your advantage and, and find fish that way. That's what I like to do. Not saying I won't hop in a big uh, pedal version boat uh, anytime soon, but um, yeah, you, you if you you can keep it simple and find fish, it's it's fun too. 
I mean, the trick is catching the fish. That's what wins you money. It's not, you know, you're not getting a check based on how far you paddled or, you know, sure. how, how many miles you pedaled or how many torpedo batteries you brought. That's not, that's not what the mm -hmm. sport is. It's about catching a fish. Uh, we had a, a guy ask, uh, how long does it take you to load up and move when you are, are, you know, changing ramps? What's your average load up time? Um, I, I, car top i've got a, a a pickup truck with um a camper shell on it so i throw mine on, on top there so i've got to strip my kite pretty clean uh it's not like a trailer where if you know you're just going 10 minutes down the road you can basically leave all your tackle in there and, and roll out um i basically strip mine clean throw everything in, the, in the, the back of the truck i don't know i if, if i'm in a hurry i can uh launch and pack up in no more than 10 minutes pretty quick you know it gets quicker. So you're not sacrificing time. much time at all. That's pretty. That's pretty streamlined. It's, it's usually the once you're in the truck and you're driving. That's that's usually where the time gets eaten up for me. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, actually packing up at the ramp, I'm pretty good at that. And especially if I know that I'm going to do it even before I, I go fishing, I'd, I kind of have my stuff in order to where I can get in there and get out real quick. So let me ask you this, and Ryan, you can answer this too because I know you kind of you've been doing the ramp hop in the past, haven't you? A little bit. When I have to, when man. you have to, yeah. But I, I do it. The few times I've done it, does does it give you? I know it sacrifices some time, but do you find it gives you almost a mental reset on that drive between ramps, and you're kind of starting fresh when you launch again? Especially if you didn't catch anything your first time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's which is more often the case for me. I've got way more times where I'm like, well, that didn't work out. Let's load up. That's that's typically the case. So yeah, you hope that you get a little reset or just go okay that area is done now let's go over here where i stand a different chance and i don't have to grind as hard so you at least hope that yeah that's sometimes. something that i kind of struggle with like i i will sit especially let's say i caught fish there pre-fishing you know like if i know they're fishing the area it's hard if they're not biting on tournament day it's hard for me to just give up like in the in that bass on chick I sat there in that one spot for like four hours trying to make this fish bite because two days prior we caught the hell out of them. You couldn't, you could not throw anything in the water. They wouldn't eat. So, you know, I just kind of struggle with that. Like they weren't eating. So I should have loaded up after about two hours instead of four hours of that event. Save myself some trouble. Yeah. It's easy to let a day burn away. Just trying to will yourself to, to fish. I know. Uh, I'm learning yeah, growing up. We're all learning. So, so Adam, Ryan mentioned earlier, you know, you travel around the country and the region and you're consistent everywhere you go. Do you have any, you know, what, what do you think are the keys to staying consistent like that and be able to travel and still, still compete on different bodies of water? Um, I give any degree of success or knowledge that I have in fishing. I really attribute to just my time on the water. I, my, my job, uh, the last several years has allowed me to fish or I'm sorry, to work on the weekends. And then I have most of the week to fish typically. Uh, and if I take off a of work a weekend, it's just, it's to fish a tournament. So I get more days out there than most people. I mean, it's, it's, you, you hear that as the cliche saying, but I completely agree with it. You're out there in enough scenarios and you see what happens, both the good and the bad days. I fish uh, all throughout the winter. I'll go out on a miserable rainy day a super cold day um sometimes those are my favorite days because you don't have other people out there so fishing in all conditions fishing multiple different bodies of water uh just being out there 
early and often is the biggest thing. It's not an exciting answer, but that, I think that's what does it. When you travel to different lakes too, um, you know, whether you go into the Ozarks or you go into like a swampy lake or uh, a, a river system, like they, they're all so different uh, that you learn a lot. And even if you have a poor uh, tournament, you're at least there to know like, oh, so-and-so did well, or these guys did good, or this guy won it. And I know he was fishing this area. I need to consider that for next time I go back into a similar scenario. So it's just how many times you can go through the scenarios and after a while you start seeing patterns and you can apply it to how you fish. And kind of playing off that, what are your thoughts on, I know we've talked about this several times, what are your thoughts on like a pre-fishing cutoff or a yeah. certain pre-fishing period? Do you think that would make it more of a level playing field? Obviously, guys that travel the country and they've hit these spots before previous years and stuff, they're still going to maintain that knowledge base. But I think being able to spend a lot of time fishing the current conditions is is a huge, you know, monumental advantage going into these tournaments. What, what are your it's, thoughts it's, it's on a that? good debate, and uh, both sides have good arguments uh, for and against. Um, oh, you got me still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're fine. Uh, cool. Um, uh, yeah, man, whatever it is, it's still the same for everyone. Whether, you know, I guess it's more, you'll have more people if you say you can only practice three days prior or something like that. I guess more people will actually be out there practicing that during that time than if you just said it was wide open for whenever. Um, really, I think conditions typically don't – it's hard anywhere you go, any time of the year to find conditions that stay stable for more than about three days or so. Would you all agree with that, that that's that's about right? And so, Yeah, I mean, it, you're I mean, if, you, a week, if a week stays consistent, you know. <laughs> so, the, you know, other than kind of getting a lay of a, a lake and a body of the water, yeah, and, you know, you can learn more if you got more days on that, but actually figuring out the bite, that bite's going to change, and more than likely those fish are going to move. Um, within those couple days leading up to the event, so I think that I think the advantage is is minimal. I think there's way more of an advantage of just uh, visiting, like I said a minute ago, just visiting a lake multiple times, even if it's once a year or several months down the part or during a completely different season. I think just revisiting places is uh, the biggest thing. I know a lot of times my first time at a lake. Um, it, it's almost just kind of getting my bearings and seeing what what it's all about and. Uh, I often don't figure out a bite, and then the next time I go there, I, I, I've done so much of that eliminating process that I can go and approach it with a lot more confidence. So we've had a bunch of people on the on the podcast. When do you guys have your speaker up? We got a little echo going. Is it me? I don't know. If you have volume on your computer there, you're strong. Just turn it down a little bit. Um, but anyway, we've had a lot of guys on the program talk about, I just called it the program, right? That's, that sounds official, dude. Talk, talk about fishing history and, you know, they get caught up in that. How do you avoid doing that with all, with all this time you spend on the water? Uh, how do you avoid getting caught in that trap? Um, well, fishing history ain't always a bad thing. Um, sometimes it's a, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, but, yeah, you can absolutely get caught up in that. Um, I don't know. Usually you got to check out, especially if you have some decent history, you, you got to scope it out or at least – give it a try just to, to see if it's there sometimes it's absolutely just like you you, you had it before um as far as getting caught up in it uh you i guess you got to balance and weigh your your confidence like if fishing history gives you some confidence versus checking out new stuff and you couldn't find anything i think it would make sense to fish history with confidence with the technique that you're 
you feel good about than going out there and trying something completely new. Um, again, it's hard to say lean one way or the other, but uh, pros and cons to, to both. I don't really, I don't really have too much of an issue with uh, fish and history. Um, I think more seasonally, I'll, I'll kind of get stubborn about fishing certain lures or patterns or I'm a topwater nut. So you give me one topwater bite and I feel like I can run that pattern in, into the ground. And that's kind of hurt me sometimes, but the, the history part, uh, I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. Fair enough. Uh, you mentioned on Saturday and Sunday, the topwater bite kind of let you down. How long did you stick with it before you made the adjustment? Uh, I think I did. What, what time do we start fishing? Five thirty. Um, I think on Saturday, almost exclusively through top water from five thirty until about nine, and got those two small ones. I missed another one that was definitely no more than fifteen inches. Um, so three bites best. Uh, but then that same spot the week before, I caught a twenty inch on top water and. Uh, knew that there was other good ones in there, so it was still worthwhile. And then the next day, since I knew that they weren't getting top water that good, Sunday, the second day, uh, that was one where I was like, all right, I can hit it a little bit quicker, and, and if it's not happening, I'll get out of there because I, I felt that I had other fish waiting for me at my backup spot, and I was worried about other people getting on those. So I think that day, lines in it were at 530, and I think I was loaded back up at the truck by 8 a.m., so... I didn't waste much time there. It was it was almost all spent at that second spot. You don't want to give up too much juice, but what did you go to after sure. the, the uh, top water let you down? Did you still spend yeah, um, something moving or something slow? Yep, yeah, Cinco caught me a few fish both days for sure. Uh, any of my bigger fish or fish that I know I culled were on a moving bait. Um, nothing special, but I got to wait till after this weekend to Ooh. reveal that. Uh, uh -oh. it, it was something that I didn't have a lot of time with, a lure that I didn't have a lot of time with, but oh my gosh, they were eating it. Um, really? so I'm gonna, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, okay. they were eating it really well, good. Sauce. It, it also told me that, that there was a, there's a couple other lures that if they're eating that, I know they would eat, you know, these, these options too, but I felt that what I was catching them on was my best chance of hooking up to them and keeping them pegged and, getting them in the boat and there wasn't really even much need. Like when I go practice here in a couple of days, I'll try some of those other baits that I didn't get around to trying just to see. Um, what are you fishing this weekend? What do you got this weekend? KBF's got Saturday and Sunday on Kentucky Lake. Oh, so I'm mm. going right back to the same stuff I was oh, just on. Oh my dude. goodness. I'm Look right back that. to it, dude. Right back to it. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let me ask you this, dude. It was the bait. We're, we're going to try to put the puzzle <laughs> together here. Was this thing store sure. bought or is this a custom deal? This is store, store bought. bought. Okay. Yeah, it's store bought. Oh, it's 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 by no means anything revolutionary. It's it's pretty standard, plain stuff. But I just I don't know. I got a feeling not a lot of guys had this tied on, and uh, the the fish really told me what they wanted. Uh, I mean, they they were just eating it so good. I, I figured it out the week before, um, where I where I'd caught a handful of fish, and I literally didn't untie it since the week before, and it stayed tied on the whole time, and caught him good i'll tell you one thing i was telling the cinco on day two during that tournament and uh wasn't getting bit and i i was reeling it back in in a hurry and had that you know classic thing where right as you're lifting the lure out of the water a fish comes up and tries to grab it and it was only like a 14 inch or so but i still needed a fish at the moment 
And so I was like, okay, these fish want a moving bait. So I immediately put down the Cinco, immediately picked up my moving bait. First cast with the moving bait, 21 and a quarter. Wow. Um, so that's that's when it just told me I was like, all right, this is what I need to be fishing. And move. That that was catching the the, the bigger ones and allowed me to cull. And uh, the the final scores in that were pretty close there. So you know, a quarter inch here and there meant something in that one. So Clifton Allen, I, I just got this through my AirPods. Uh, he <laughs> wants to know uh, what do you think? Do you think the new Jack Hammer will be better? than the OG jackhammer, or you think it's pretty much topped out with a new jackhammer? Jack I was listening to some people talk about that today. One, I'm surprised that it's the uh, transparent plastic bill. I, I would have bet money that it was going to be uh, a bigger blade. Um, I still believe that that'll be out there. I mean, you, you're affiliated with them, if I'm not mistaken, so you probably know more than I do. I totally Maybe. thought it was going to be a, a bigger blade, um, which I was definitely excited about. Um, so I was a little caught off guard by this one. It, from what I hear, it, apparently it has a, a tighter vibration to it. Obviously, it's going to sound different. Um, when, I really like Strike King's Thunder Cricket, too. That one's got a tighter vibration and a little quieter compared to a jackhammer. Uh, so if I feel like the fish have seen just nothing but jackhammers, I'll go over to that, that Strike King one. And uh, it's, a, it's a really well-built uh chatterbait style lure um all the components that are in it are, are really strong in my opinion so i like both of those and but yeah you bet i'm gonna buy that that new i mean sometimes sometimes it, it happens man like you're you know you see all those expensive ones walk by and then you see something kind of trashy and you're like you know i'm gonna try it what do y'all yeah, think about it <laughs> I ain't opposed to trashy. I get down with trashy. <laughs> what do y'all think about that clear bill? Is that going to make a difference? I mean, from a sound perspective, or does the color actually make it? I mean, that blade's moving awful fast for the color to make a difference. Uh, man, I don't know. I think on especially like bright, sunny days, clear water, I definitely think they they get shied away from that blade. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it this spring, like when the water was muddy, when I was catching a smallmouth, they were smoking the jackhammer. But when the water cleared up and and it you know the weather kind of moved out, they would not touch it. They wouldn't touch it at all. So I think yeah. I, I mean there'll I be a time when it makes a difference. Who knows how much of a difference or, or you know how much you know, how valuable it'll be. But you know it'll, it'll stand out. I mean you see it now between and granted it's a it's slightly different motion, but a swim jig and a jack camera now. Like you know I'll get these fish that are positioned on a grass line that. You know, sometimes they'll eat the jackhammer for like the first 30 or 45 minutes in the morning. Sure. And then they stop. But if you switch to a swim jig, they, they'll start eating it again. I think right. I think scenarios like that, it's gonna it's probably going to be useful. I I'm agree. not going to switch out my whole jackhammer collection no. unless Chase no. loses my jackhammer box again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm curious how it's going to play here. You know, on the Ozark Lakes, everything up here is clear water that so. that could be that could be a place where it, it shines more than others exactly for that reason a clear water thing yeah you'd be curious to see what some spotted bass here you know when i think of spots and smallmouth i think of way more visually feeding fish than largemouth and so uh you know if you care about the visual aspect of that that little blade on the front yeah i'd be i'd like to know what it does in clear water up there we'll see i'll see if i can catch you some 12 inch be really spot let us know let us know <laughs> Harshman's throwing in the jackhammer doesn't even work. He's trying to get people to shy away. What does Jake know anyway? Let's be honest. I don't know. Nothing. Not a thing. Yeah. He knows. Oh, I'm gonna grab another Colton. I'm still with you. All right. I'll tell you that that dude Jake Jake packed up and left the Northeast where they had 
the, the KBF tournament up there and drove 12 hours out to fishing. That, my friend, is commitment. That's crazy. It's kind of funny watching the numbers right now. You know, the Hobie Kentucky Lake event set a record uh, for attendance, even in the midst of what's happening. And then some of the yeah, other events cool. are struggling to, to hit 30. Uh, what do y'all think that's about? Uh, I guess it depends on who's fishing stuff, where it is. Like the, there's, there's all kinds of factors. Um, man, I can only speak for myself. I told myself at the beginning of this year, I had point chased in KBF for a few years there and had a good time doing that. But, uh, after making TOC last year, that was the light bulb for me. Like, uh, oh, be doing it, it, it better than anyone else out there. And, uh, not to put that down the, the, the other one, right? Like it just you know, I mean, that, that it, drove it home. That's the so goal. for for me I, every I, year now. Yeah, that's that's, yep. that's it. And that was my goal in twenty twenty was make TOC and uh, more more so than any tournament on the schedule. That Kentucky Lake one was was circled uh, more than any other for me. So that paid uh, off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm happy about that. Uh, wouldn't mind getting that one spot and getting worlds, but you know, Jody Queen. You, couldn't have a better guy win that. I know. One, so, I know man. Um, stoked for that. But uh, yeah, TOC fishing, fishing the Hobie ones, man. That's just whether it's point chasing or just getting in, in general. You stand a chance of winning more. Um, you feel like it's just entirely for the anglers. Uh, anyone that's fished one knows what's up. And anyone that hasn't fished one, I just strongly encourage you to go fish it, even if it's a little more high dollar. Um, you're going to see the, the the best anglers uh, go up against each other. So the learning experience, like. As long as we don't have uh, virus limitations, the camaraderie aspect is always super strong there. It's just it's a no-brainer. You got to fish them. And I mean, that's the crazy thing is that you're seeing, you know, one of the highest buy-in tournament series in the BOS is just completely, you know, taken over numbers-wise. Where you have these trail events that may even be closer to people's homes for seventy-five bucks, and they're getting passed up. You know, for somebody to get in the vehicle and drive, I mean, even for, yeah. for me, from Chattanooga was three, you know, three hours, three and a half hours up there. But, I mean, you had we had people from everywhere. Matt Matt Scotch and Guillermo came up from Texas, like, yeah. you, you know, every yep. year. Like, the Kentucky Lake is, is a staple event, and I want to transition that into what are your thoughts on the future of that tournament on Kentucky Lake? Obviously, in no official capacity, but the fishing sure. – lake wide is struggling the pressure is struggling you know do you think that that's something you ride out because it is kind of a, a check mark on people's yearly schedule like all right well time to go to kentucky lake it's june or do you think maybe moving it somewhere else like pickwick or something somewhere that that may offer those you know kind of i think the ledge fishing is cool i like that sure and, and I, I think i would like seeing it you know somewhere on the tennessee river that that had ledge fish would be great i'd agree with that um yeah you can't deny that uh that kentucky lake is not what it used to be three years ago it's not what it was six years ago it's not what it was 15 years ago um and and to what degree it's going to get better or worse you, you can't you can't tell you know it's just pure speculation right now um i could believe it getting better i could believe it getting worse i've seen signs of both uh yeah. I, I wouldn't mind it going elsewhere. Um, the way I look at it is if, if they keep it at Kentucky Lake, no matter what month it is, uh, it'll be a challenge. Um, there's still those fish in there, obviously, the, the good bass to catch. Um, but it's just way more of a challenge, whereas before, even if you didn't do well in the tournament, you could at least go, oh, man, I showed up to Kentucky Lake. 
got on a fun little bite during practice, maybe caught one or two good ones. That used to be a guarantee if you would go fish that lake. Now, how many guys have traveled there in the last three years for some pretty uh, big-tier tournaments only to not even limit or completely blank? Yeah. So uh, the argument to slide it down to Pickwick or <laughs> someone else on the Tennessee River, I mean, uh, dude, I'm, I'm from Florence, Alabama, so going down to Pickwick, you're going to get my vote on that. That's basically my, my home lake is, is where I consider that. But, but uh yeah, it's a good argument for both. Again, kind of like the practice thing, you got a good argument for both. Um, I would think, I would think as long as you would come back to Kentucky Lake, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a a Pickwick thing or maybe like a pick a Pickwick Wilson combo where you could fish either one, something like that. I think I think that'd be a really good idea. Ben Lowry says three hundred thousand Florida strain released in there this year, right? But yeah. they're they're this big, and then you still have this this huge problem with Asian carp that, that, you know, and I know they're working hard to address this and Tennessee and Kentucky are both pouring money into the eradication of the carp, but there are so many freaking carp there. Like it's not, it's not putting a dent in it. Every Creek you go into, I mean, if you scan across a ledge, your graph just freaking lights up top to bottom with, with car, I, I mean, Christine I believe, the video, them like jumping, like all over oh, yeah. the kayak. It's no crazy. joke. I, I believe the evolution of electronics and the fact that even a young high schooler now in the last few years can go out on a Kentucky Lake ledge and tear up on a school of fish uh, in the month of June or the month of July. And in addition to all the, the old cats that have been fishing out, the ledge fishing there, when you box those fish in a bass boat, and driving around those fish are so fragile that time of year uh you know post spawn when they first get on the ledges and when you're pulling them up from out deep into the the hot summer weather and throwing them in the box all day you're going to have a lot of fatalities so i think more fish were caught off the ledges with more ease in the last several years therefore translating into more fatalities unfortunately i think that uh you know added to the carp and the bait kind of going away it's just a a deadly combo. Um, I, th- I, I don't think, think it's one thing. Back. I agree with you. There. It's not. I don't think you can just point at just the carp. But mm-hmm. like you were saying, that's something Jason Lambert said. He's like, the lake got fished to death. He's yeah. like, you know, they would have yeah. five or six big owners tournaments and FLW. Like, it got fished to death in the summer yep. at the most critical time for you to be loading these giant, you know, the big spawners, the eight, nine pounders. Yep kill them i mean essentially like you're you're throwing them in the box and and 80 chance they're gonna die so you know he pointed out that was a big factor coming into it but if you look at the 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 year class of fish i mean there's a lot of the smaller you know 14 to 16 inch fish in that lake i think it's gonna get better but uh i mean i I think it's gonna take a few years before it gets gets back to where you can lean on it pretty good (laughs) Or if they have some grass growing, man, you, you yeah. can go back to maybe four years ago and see miles of hydrilla there. Uh, I'm a huge believer that having some good, healthy grass in the lake is only going to promote everything else to, yep. to flourish. And so that, I, I don't know if it, if like flood stuff and water levels was the main uh, reason that grass went away or if it was some spring stuff or combination. But I think grass, killing fish by putting them in the box and then the, the carp, bait combo i think those things are really your, your detrimental aspects what do those carp eat that are in there call me stupid that i don't know that but i mean there's some plankton, like, right just, just yeah, algae and plankton feeders. okay 
So they're eating all the stuff that the bait fish okay. eat, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they're kind of starving out the bait. Trickle and if you're starving out the bait, you're, you're going to have a couple, like, dudes be like, oh, what? Because I, I literally caught one on a frog a few weeks ago. And, like, it ate it. It, like, came and saw it on the surface. I watched it eat it. So it wasn't just an accidental thing. So, yeah, you're, you're going to catch a few of them in the mouth. But don't let that make you believe that, that oh, that means these fish are the, the predators on the shad or the bait. It's mostly a plankton thing. Those are... Or rare fluky things to believe that those carp are eating on like you know typical bass forage hey if you guys are watching this uh fire your questions away for adam while we got them help us out like i said share the share the podcast around uh i want to do we're talking about the bos event registration is now live according to aj mccorder that uh for the lacrosse event in july lacrosse yeah lacrosse oh. registration is live. yeah buddy you going to that adam so I'm, I'm waiting on my Torquedo situation. That's one where for practice, I'd really like to have, because whether you fish current, you're, you're going to have to be in current, whether to get to a spot or whether you're fishing current itself. Um, I fished up there for the first time last year. It's a playground. So I want to go back. Um, I, I just had to get a new hull and I don't have a mount currently for my Torquedo. Um, I'm waiting on Trey Leach to hopefully uh, finish up one for the particular Torquedo I have and, be able to throw it on my boat. And if, if I have that, that'll almost seal the deal that I'm going to go up there. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about it though. It's a little bit of a haul, but I just know how cool that place is. And uh, now that I've, I've got my TOC slot, I don't have the pressure on myself as much as I did uh, to make sure I get that. So I can probably fish a little more loose if I do go. So um, I'm a maybe uh, I, I'd like to, and anyone that can go, you should go. That's, that's uh, I I call it a playground up there, man. It's you can throw a frog, or uh, you can definitely catch numbers up there. Get some big ones too, but it it is a lot of fun. I've never seen. You've been, it, so you been up there, Lambert? Nope, and I am, oh, I am cool. on the edge about making the drive. I think I'm I think I'm free that weekend, so I'm probably. Steve talked to me today. He said he's he may try to do it. He said he, he's man, about Steve it. has went back and forth on that particular <laughs> subject three or four times on me. I, I try to ignore it every time he says it because it gets my hopes up, and then he pulls the rug out from under me. So. I know. I've been up there once, uh, and I can tell you a funny story about rolling a trailer trying to hop between ramps. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my memory of that place. I scattered the culvert with uh, Zoom soft plastics and, and other things. Uh, I still managed to go and get my limit after all that. But, but I, I've been up there once. I won't make it for the BOS event, unfortunately, but I think okay. I'm going to make it in August for the bass event. What what month were you up there before, Jeff? It was in July. It was last year in July. Okay. And okay. It was uh, good stuff in July. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. It was good. I think good it took uh, eighty something inches to win. You know how it is up there. There's a ton of sixteen to eighteen inch fish. Yep. It's just who can yep. get the ones slightly above. You know who can average eighteen instead of sixteen. Yep. Good excuse to buy a few bags of cheese curds too. I did yeah. that on my way out up there as well. Spotted cow, brother. Spotted cow and cheese curds. Cow, I, I made I made the run. I, I knew I know what's up. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Our home office is in Waukesha, Wisconsin, so we used to have to go up there every winter when it would snow about six feet. Yeah, they know how to do a little drinking up there. I like them. Good people. <laughs> it's a it's a massive place. I didn't realize how big the river was till the first time I yeah. out underneath a little bridge yeah. there and thought, my God, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a monster. And then there's a, you can go ways that, like up the Black River. You can go a good ways up that. Like you, you can either stray from the main Mississippi there and still find some cool stuff too. So yeah, if I don't go back here in a, a few weeks, I'll go back at some point because really cool spot. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going up there just just to hang out and fish for a few days. 
you know, non, you'd, you'd be all right to do so. Although you can you can lose a uh, paycheck and jackhammers to the to the pike and stuff up there. Huh? Right. Oh really? Oh yeah. That, then. All right. Yeah, that's what warned me about that before I went up last year. Was you're, you're going to lose some lures to the toothy ones for sure. Yeah, throw the original chatterbait. That's those days. Right. Yeah. Right. Get yeah, the yum, yum dingers in practice, and then the Cinco's during the, the game day. <laughs> oh, man. Clifton said Big Mark Pendergrass making the drive. I didn't see that comment. Is he, coming uh -oh. up? Is he making it up there? That, uh, ugly Twin's going to come up, he says. We'll see. <laughs> all right. All right. That'd be a fun, <laughs> fun trip. Uh, let's see. Hey, are, 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 do they still have social distancing restrictions in place? Do we know that? I don't think they ever do. AJ, I don't know. AJ, you want to chime in there and let us know? Do we have to stay away from each other? Or can we all socialize? Well, the news today, they're talking about the second wave, so who knows what will happen by July. Oh, Florida is blowing up right now, by the way. <laughs> it's it's covered. I talked to my sales rep down there, and he's like, yeah, we're about to go back on lockdown again in Florida. Yeah. Just because it's, I mean, everybody, and I just came from the beach. Like, everybody's on top of each other everywhere. It's same old, same old. Yeah, that's uh, where I live as well. It's spiking as they say spiking around here i mean it's going to like yeah. when you go from everybody sitting at home to everybody back outside you're gonna see more that's i mean that's math unfortunately so right. just survive it and you'll you'll be okay well yeah hopefully uh by the time the fall comes and goes and toc's over and we roll into 2021 we'll have this thing under control and it'll be a normal season next year uh who knows? Otherwise, I'd rather be in sun buffs for pictures from now until eternity. <laughs> hey, I'm a ginger. I'm, I'm always covered <laughs> up head to toe anyway, year round. Like, I don't have a choice. I've always got like, – I'm not kidding, dude. Like, I wear, I wear the sun gloves to where, like, only the tips of my fingers are exposed. If I don't put sunscreen on the very tips of my fingers up here, I will blister up here at the end of the day. Oh, man. That's rough. It's no joke. Yeah. That is rough. Yeah. Who's asked? Uh, Clifton asked, are you guys going to be a grapevine? I don't know if the Texas people are having like a side combo in the comments or they're talking to us, but no, I don't think any of us will be a grapevine. I don't even know what's going on. Are they having this. a cookout there? I, I don't know. Are we going to Bass Pro there? Or what are we doing? Uh, listen, I'm undefeated on grapevine, so I'd be happy to show up again. I'll tell you that. All right. It's a cool lake. I've seen it a million times when we go down there, but I've never fished it. So. Scotch gave me uh, net heads to throw on straight straight braid for a working man's tournament it was wow very very kind no leader he wouldn't give me a leader <laughs> just straight braid uh, so that's all i need man let's let's get out here and get it done and you did oh they're talking just texas tournaments they're just having a little private texas combo in the live comments <laughs> y'all go all with it that's cool go on with it sort it out folks yeah, sort sort it out. Out. no better place to do it than on on the live maybe that's right yeah. that's right but uh yeah if, he, if any of you guys have more questions for us we're not going to keep at them much longer uh we sure appreciate you coming on tonight. Oh yeah, happy to, man. I, I, I watch all your episodes or all your shows. Here, so happy, happy to hang out with y'all. Yeah, man. And I know uh, we'll get. I'll get it uploaded to the podcast, the audio podcast, a little quicker this time. Steve-O cool. called me out last time. Said, what, "What's the deal?" So I'm going to see you in Knoxville for the state championship, right before the TOC. That was another one of my I, my goals this year was try to make state. Um, the last, I don't know, three years, I've been point chasing on the national events to where I, I basically never fished a Saturday event with my club. So I'd never fished enough events to even qualify. Uh, but the, I think I made state in 2016 and really enjoyed it. 
and uh, know how good of a job that they do running that whole program. And so I, I told myself coming into this year, I was like, I want to at least fish enough uh, club events uh, to try to make that. Um, so that's the idea. Doing okay so far. Did you uh, not come fish state last year? No. Again, I, I fished. I fished too many. I think I only fished four of my club events during the season. So oh, I didn't man. even fish enough to even uh, qualify. Now Tennessee State is during KBF National Championship, right? It is after they move the national championship on top of the state championship. Yes. Uh, you're saying it's going to be moved, maybe, or no? Hell no. Tennessee State's going to say exactly where it's at. Yeah, I'd rather fish the state one, man. I, I mean, I've told people, like, because in all honesty, I was never going to fish the KBF National Championship this year when it was back in April. Um, I know that was a heartbreaker for you, but uh, in, my in, my, in my opinion, like, Gunnersville is such a location style. It's not like you can catch them on a point and then go run that pattern all over the lake. Like, you basically got to find, like, the area where there's a group of fish and, and lean on that. Uh, and so if you've got you know, however many ridiculous amount of kayaks on top of the already high number of boats that are out there. For me personally, since I, I've been to Gunnersville a handful of times and can kind of go whenever I want, uh, that didn't sound as fun to me. I know the dollar amount there is appealing, but that wasn't as fun to me. And so originally my plan for this spring was I was going to forego that tournament and then go fun fish and try to trophy chase it like chick or something like that. Um, yeah. So I, when it got moved, I, you know, I wasn't really, nothing changed on my end. Uh, gotcha. But I would say, you know, if I had to guess, uh, as long as I can make state this year, that's where I'll be. Uh, I'd rather, I'd rather give that a shot than uh, try to do the Gunnersville thing. I, you know, we'll, I'll have plenty more tournaments in Gunnersville. Well, and I mean, the, you know, the state championships pretty much pre-fishing for TSC. That's, I mean, it's the same no, water. That's right. It's, Good yeah. point. Good yeah, point. Because is that sep be. that's is that September state? Uh, is that September thing? When is that? Uh, is that October? First week of October. Same as ours. I, I think. think it's October. October yeah. and then TSC yeah. is in November, like early November or something. Is that right? I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, it's a couple. I think it's like three weeks, but a little wow. after. But to your point, though, yeah, good practice time because I haven't been out there. I've never fished I those. Either. All that stuff. Uh, we're gonna have to do some work on that. I'm hoping Jordan Marshall or Eric Thompson do not qualify. Right. <laughs> Those are exactly the guys I'd be worried about. No joke. They, they missed the boat on that. No offense, guys. I really like you all, and I hope you come hang out with us afterwards. But Likely they'll be there. Oh, they'll try to push the way in on the shootout. I guarantee it. You will oh, not yeah. oh, yeah. fish harder if they haven't qualified by then. That's right. So, right. so, Adam, you and I met a few years ago at a tournament in Arkansas. You made the long drive over to Beaver Lake. Uh, yeah. It was like 2016, yeah. 2017. We were running a, I think, a KBF trail event here. Probably 17, yeah. So you're going to make the trip back to Arkansas for that Dardanelle event in September? Absolutely. Uh, that right. was on the calendar right away for me. Um, I, you know what? I hadn't really heard too much about Dardanelle other than maybe watching, like, a, a YouTube tournament video or two about it. Um, Cody Milton was hyping it up pretty good. Yeah, good uh, he, he said good stuff. You'd be surprised at uh, what you can catch in there, so – yeah, looking forward to it. What month is that one? It's in September, a couple weeks before. September. I think it's three weeks before everybody's state championships almost, three or four weeks. Right? Yeah, Where's I'll, I'll Where, absolutely be at that one. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing that you. one. Kusa, and I've never fished down there where, where that one's going on either, so that'll be new for me as well. Um, 
And then, like I said, maybe on lacrosse. Are there any other Hobie events going on that are generally in the area? I'm going to have to straight up like win a lot of money if I'm going to consider doing the West Coast <laughs> thing. I know there's a few dudes that are like doing that, but I think that may be out of my realm. I'm, I'm... I want to do it, man. But honestly, like you were saying, I mean, once like when I qualified at Norman, that kind of knocked a few things off my must fish. You know, list. I get honestly, it. I, I didn't want to fish Kentucky Lake at all being that it was social distancing stuff i don't really care for it but shane and you know shane and a couple guys wanted to get a house and i was like sure all right whatever we'll go we'll hang out for a couple days anyway katie katie in the clutch just dropped the entire schedule in the comments so so september 12th is the russell the dardanelle event uh kusa is october 3rd okay and it looks like it's the you know the cross in july and california delta then the two we just talked about so there's those four did you just say the awesome. is October 3rd? Yes. Uh-oh. What's that? Good or bad? That's the state championship. Is it? I thought it was the next week. No? Oh, I thought really? Steve-O just posted it that it was. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Maybe I'm going to be sad if it is. Well, I know Arkansas, Arkansas is the next weekend. The 9th and Maybe 10th. It is. I thought it was the 7th, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be. We talked about this before. It's gonna be a big fall. A lot of stuff going on this fall. So it's gonna be fun for those. I will be too. And I hope Ryan can make it to Dardanelle so that we can prove once for our Arkansas is good fish. Come on, man. Listen, buddy. It's gonna. What be you don't think it does? For me to drive to Arkansas to catch good fish. Yeah, Arkansas is dope. Yeah, you can have it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Steve-O. Steve-O got it. October right. 7th and 10th. You're Thank good. you, Steve. We're solid. So it's um, not the same? It doesn't? Same. Okay, good. We're good. We're good. Continue on. Move forward with our plans. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I drive to Arkansas, it's to shoot ducks. That's the only reason mm -hmm. I want to go to Arkansas, Jeff. Wachita taught me everything I needed to know. Damn you, Ryan. You'll be back. I'm a table rock, guys. So You'll yeah, be back. I'll be out there for table rock. Yeah. Table rock's good, too. We'll talk AJ into that. You know where I want to get him to put a tournament's bull shoals at him. Have you ever fished it? In, any of the anything on the White River, where as long as you got some mean spotted bass and deep clear water, I'm happy to be yeah, there. Bull Beaver, bull shoals yeah, stuff. stuff. I love yeah. them all. Bull shoals is the stuff. I, I love that lake, but nobody has tournaments there hardly. Big ones. Really? Yeah, yeah. You like it better than Table Rock? Yeah. Really? Yeah, for sure. It's not as to easy to get there. around as Table Rock, but I like it better. I love okay. Table Rock too, though. I shouldn't hate. I, I love that lake. Okay. I like the name of it better. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, well, it's going to be a busy rest of summer, busy fall. Uh, anything else out of you, either one of you guys before we cut this thing down? I, I, I have an I have an acknowledgement. All right, I would like to do an acknowledgement. I'm gonna I'm gonna forego uh, sponsor shout outs and, and do an acknowledgement here. Um, kind of getting serious for a moment. So uh, I think we can all agree, given like. The last few months of, of turbulent times that really there is one one event one one occurrence uh that that all that really impacted our kayak community here in, in a positive way i know it was a big deal for me i think it was on may 2nd if i have the date right um it, it, but a special thing went down and uh I, I think you all know what i'm talking about at this point and that's uh the, the video of Donnie Bennett flipping out of his kayak. Um, <laughs> this, this, I know whenever whenever things are tough for me, I can 
I can go back to that saved video and know that uh, find a happiness in, in in my life. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna raise one up to to Donnie, which he may or may not be retired. That's that's for another. It flipped uh, him all the way out of the sport. New canoe took an angler all the way so. out of the sport wow. kayak fishing. Wow. So Shout you know out. if you, you know at home, you know raise up your drink, or if you're listening to this on a podcast, maybe pull over to the side of the road for a moment or something. But <laughs> yeah, pull over uh, and pee on the side of the road. Yeah, I just I wanted to give a little attention to that because that that, that was one of the the definitely the the premier moments in the 2020 kayak uh, season so far. Dude, I didn't know what you were getting at. I was getting ready to gla- grab the Kleenex over here on the side of the seat or something. Yeah. Hey, so you're you're okay to still do that. That's fine. <laughs> I was replaying in my head. I'm like, mate, what was going on at this time? Like, I was getting all serious. <laughs> For real, I was like Donnie, poor Donnie. And if you haven't seen it, to anyone that's going, what are they talking about? I'm sure someone will be kind enough to maybe like re- get that. Katie, back up to Katie, it, cue, the, cue the Katie's on. Cue the video. Donnie, can we turn that into a gift, like, like a per, like a little short gift? Just oh God, I'll, I'll turn it into a it. tattoo if I need to. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome, man. What better way to oh my close gosh. the show than than. Old Donnie falling out of the kayak. I like it. Appreciate that, Adam. Thank you for coming on. And hey, thank, thank you, guys. And I'm sure I'll see you down the road here in the next month or so. Hell yeah. Looking forward to running into y'all. All right, man. Hey, good luck right. to you. And you guys have a good one, Ryan. Stay safe out there wherever you are. Yes, sir. We're gone.